0: Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to the Cobblers trip to Port Vale at the weekend. Yes, the international break is over and it's back to the real football this weekend as we head to Vale Park for the first time in a couple of years. Joining me this week from the Ale and Vale podcast, Mr Tom Amos. How are you doing, Tom?
1: I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. Yourself?
0: Yeah, good, good, good. Thank you. Looking forward to getting back into the football again. This is. Don't like these international breaks that are so yeah, quick, so quick off the mark at the start of the season, and I call it an international break. It's only because Derby had a couple of players that were internationals. Nothing to do with us at all.
1: <laughs> See, we had this. I think this was our first one where we were the side who actually called it off for internationals. So it's a oh, nice. bit of a change mm-hmm. for us. Because we, yeah, yeah, we should have played Burton, and I think we had three on international duty. Mm. Um, but there were yeah. three big players for us, so we were glad we called
0: it. <laughs> yeah, fair. It's, it's when when you've got important players out, then you you know if yeah. it's a couple of reserves, you don't mind it, do you? But no, good stuff. Um, a good couple of weeks break. Um, firstly, so before we get into it, um, your podcast going strong. Um, the ale and the veil, vale, as I mentioned earlier, um, really involved in the club. Really got got some good stuff going on. Uh, just hosted a quiz this week as well to raise some money for a statue. If I remember, before.
1: yeah, uh, for the genre. John Rudge, he was a manager Mm. for 16 years. Uh, Probably our most successful manager um, when we were knocking around the championship. Um, Mm. And I think he's 80 next year. Um, So they're kind of seeing that as a a good time to reveal the statue of him. Um, But it needs uh, £100,000 in order to build the statue. Um, So we're just trying to do bits just to help out with that. I think it's currently at about fifty-seven thousand. Mm. Um, so we did quiz night last week, which we managed to raise three, just over three grand for. So um, yeah, really, really game well. We were we were pleasantly surprised with how well it went. But you know, yeah, a lot of people asking for another one, so hopefully we can we can <laughs> deliver on that again.
0: Good stuff. And it's it's such a good community feel about the club. We'll come to it later. But um really good that you're able to be that close to the club as well and to to get involved. Um your time as a Port Vale fan, um itself, how did you become a Port Vale fan all through family? Is it a different way? Yeah. What, what's your kind of background in it?
1: Yeah, family. Um I go to all the home games with my dad and my auntie and my uncle. Um so a real family side to it there. Away games they don't tend to go to as many, so that's more with my mates and whatnot. Um, but yeah since I was four years old um, but we were quite good then we were in the championship and you know we we knocked Ever- I think we knocked Everton out in either my first or second season of going um, of the FA Cup um, and then from about 99 2000 it just all started going downhill pretty rapidly then um, so yeah I've got like the, the majority in my lifetime, I think there's been we've had three promotions and six relegations, maybe five or six, I think. So um, yeah, a bit of a more more down than up, but
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just life of the of the lower well, league yeah, fans, isn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, I, I mean you're, you're quite similar to us as a club, I think, at the minute where we all we st- we all want to make the championship but we're all a little bit worried that if we do get there are we just going to finish bottom and not win a game all season.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's that kind of feel, isn't it? Um but you say so you, it's sort of late 90s you just started to go to watch. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah, say probably 96, 97.
1: Nice. Um 32 now so yeah, that was about 5 or 6.
0: Yeah. Any favourite memories involving the cobblers that you can think of? There's been quite a few ding dongs over the years, but
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the the main game. I mean, there was the horrible incident with the young lad who broke his leg,
0: I think, Alex Nichols, right yeah. in front
1: of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one that kind of really there's t- there's two others that stick out. I think for me, and it was the obviously the one a couple seasons back on the opening day of the season, yeah, when Lucas Coven decided he was going to take things into his own hands. And- <laughs> try and take everyone on <laughs> yeah um, and ultimately ended up just getting himself sent off um and then maybe i'd say it's probably nearly eight nine years ago um tom Pope scored the goal there to become uh to beat a record to become i think our second ever highest goal scorer or something mm-hmm. um and it was it, it was a penalty i think we won one nil. might have been the yeah. season we went up
0: was it twenty eighteen ninety? This is two one. Yeah, a yeah, so, yeah, Pope penalty. Oh, no, was it two one? Yeah. 2-1? yeah Pope you were penalty. down to ten men as well for for a lot of that game. For most yeah. of the yeah, most of well, And the I don't
1: think it was cool. a particularly brilliant penalty either. I think he kind of went down the middle, but he wasn't that sure he wanted to go down the middle, so it just kind of yeah. <laughs> trickled. Um, but no, I, I, we always have good games. I think apart from maybe the one this year in February was it, which was nil nil. Hmm. I but
0: it's probably. always it. It's always tight, isn't it? it's always like one goal in it. There's, there's very yeah. rarely that I'm looking back on it, and there's a couple that are three nil, three nil to you once we've won three one there once. But it's very rare that a team kind of runs out three, two or three nil winners.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think we're very, very similar, similar teams in that, and I think we always seem to, we always seem to end up having similar kind of footballing teams as well. Mm. Um, that might be different this season. Obviously, I haven't watched you this season yet yeah. um, but yeah we we're always there or thereabouts with each other I think if one goes down the other one tends to follow the season after yeah. and if one goes up the other one tends to follow the season after that as well.
0: Yeah 100% we seem to just follow everyone follow each other around it's talking of which 2019-20 we've got to talk about this to start off with the points per game fiasco, so oh. to speak. Um, we finished in seventh, just above you. I, I think most Cobblers fans will agree, and Port Vale fans are probably on the same sort of wavelength as us here, that if the season had gone on a couple more weeks, it's probably quite likely we would have switched because we were on a bit of a downward curve. You were on an upward curve. Is there a, kind of any lingering annoyance from Port Vale fans towards us? In that respect, or no, is that kind of no gone not from towards, not
1: towards Northampton at all. In that, uh-huh. because it was, it was, it was a decision that ultimately, I think our chairwoman kind of stepped forward and said, mm. "We are, we are going to go with this just for the good of the football season. It mm. needs to be curtailed, and there needs to be there doesn't need to be back and forth fighting over this." Um, mm. When it, when it, I think it was, was it point four of a point or something it was close because, wasn't it yeah, yeah we it were really, really on close. we were really on fire um but in a weird way it I think it helped us out because we actually if we'd have gone up that season we'd have probably struggled mm. um the season after um but that kind of gave us the platform then to I mean we had a, I think we had a bad season the season after and then that really then set us up to we've got a actually put a really the squad we thought from the previous season would just coast through Mm -hmm. didn't Um, so that kind of set the ball rolling on making wholesale changes to the teams the backroom team um, which uh, went with Daryl Clark then so you know at the end of the day yeah we're over it now because we got that promotion I think that helped two years later Um, I think if we were still in League 2 now we would have been looking at it going, that was our chance. That was our one chance. We should have mm. done everything to to improve our chances of being able to get into that. I think yeah, the I worst thing th- was the fact that crew went straight up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking at the time, comparing Carol Shanahan, your chairperson, um, to the reaction of the Peterborough chairman from just up the road, uh, Dar- um, Darren McAntony. He was... Just throwing like expletive left, right, and centre about them not going up, about complaining constantly about it, and for your for Carol to to come out and show quite a lot of class, I thought, changed a lot of perceptions towards Port Vale as a club. I thought because like as, as try as you, try as I might, I can't, I couldn't get that sort of a very small portion of your fans reaction towards the Alex Nichols situation when he broke his leg out of my head when I thought about Port Vale um the way that she's conducted herself and the way that she's took you forward you can't argue with anything she's done that the whole team have done um over the last couple of years in how they've kind of transformed almost perceptions of Port Vale to me particularly um probably for a lot of other people as well um so we've we've met again since um, a couple of years ago. We we won obviously on the opening day of the season that one nil that you talked about earlier nil nil twenty twenty two. Then you went you go up with Daryl Clark. How was that? Firstly, t- for that promotion, the all the emotions surrounding it for for um, for Daryl and and the club and everything. How emotional was that? And how was that first season back in League One for you?
1: Um. So with regards to obviously Daryl, that was. Probably the most like into a season emotionally that I have ever invested into it because of obviously what had gone on with Daryl's family. Yeah. Um, it was we started um, really well, um, but then towards it was like towards November. Really, when COVID kicked in a little bit and. You know, there was we were playing games and we, we didn't have strikers. We went through a bit of a bad patch where we had to play a centre midfielder up front. Um, but like it, we seemed to we seemed to have a, it he was a tactician that we'd not had at the club for years. So we were kind of used to this is the formation we play, we don't change. <laughs> and we've just got to fight till the end and see if we can win the game, whereas he made alterations during the game that you could actually see, and they changed they changed the mm-hmm. game, um, and he put Ben Garrity up front, and I think he got five in seven games or something as a centre midfielder up front. Um, then there was... Um, we, we, we played Newport on December the 11th away, and we got beat... And then we didn't play again then until January the 3rd. I think we played Brentford in the Cup um, and they beat us and then somebody else beat us. And all of a sudden you're thinking, is this break going to gonna do us over here? Um, and then obviously the tragedy with Daryl happened and he was then out. He left the club for three months and Andy Crosby, who's now the current manager, came in and we kind of steadied off a little bit. There was a couple of blips. Um, But we kind of kept ourselves 8th, ninth. we were in touching distance of the playoffs still and then um, we went on a really good run and I'll always remember the game for as long as I live. We played Harlepool away. Uh, I think we'd got probably five games left. It was Easter Monday or Good Friday, one of the two. Um, And we won 1-0 and when we were celebrating at the end, the players had a huddle. And as they came out of the huddle, Daryl Clark came out of the huddle towards the fans. Mm. And I think every single Vale fan there was just completely choked up by the emotion. Yeah. Um, and then I think that kind of spurred us on then to go and do what we did. We, we tried our level best to fluff it up by losing to Newport at home on TV. We, did, we never did very well on TV. So we were a bit worried with regards to when we got into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, then... We just the the playoffs. We just looked like someone had gone in and said, "Do this for Daryl Clark." Because mm-hmm. we were like, "Yeah, the Swindon away game, they probably could have put us to bed in that game, but they missed chances." Um, but then at Vale Park in the semi-final, the, 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 there was only one winner to me. We looked mm. like we were, we looked like everything was going for us. You know, there are games where you look and you think doesn't matter what happens. here, we're going to get a goal, we're going to be back in this, and we will win this. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously uh, Wembley was amazing. That was my first time with, with Vale to Wembley. It um, was actually Vale's first time to the new Wembley as well. We hadn't been to Wembley since nineteen ninety three or night six in the Anglo Italian, but we don't really count. <laughs> well, we can't gotta really count, count it, that anymore. It. <laughs> vale fans do count it, but we, you know, to everybody else, nobody else cares. <laughs> but um, and then, obviously, the first. Season back in League One, we were, I think, pleasantly surprised ourselves um, up until Christmas. We won away at Derby, uh, we won away at Plymouth, um, and then yeah, Christmas came and everything just fell apart. The wheels came off completely, uh, Daryl got sacked, um, and we basically scraped through. I remember being at Charlton on the second to last game of the season. And I think MK Dons were winning 4-1 and that meant they went above us and we went into the relegation zone, but then they drew forage. Mm. which then somehow meant because of who they were playing on the final day, they couldn't actually, we couldn't be relegated now. So it, it was a bit of a sad state of affairs when you're sitting ninth in League One at Christmas and then you're celebrating with a game to go that somebody else has drawn four four, so you don't go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a bit bit of a roller coaster. So I think we just we needed just to level that season off and completely rebuild again and start again.
0: Mm. And what did you make of Clark getting sacked? Obviously, there's masses of emotion behind him as a person, as a, as a Port Vale manager. How did you? How did the fan base feel about? The, the, the decision
1: it, I think it completely split the fan base um, yeah. there was a lot of talk about things that have gone on behind the scenes um, you know everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who works at the club or something like this and stories get twisted and or or truths come out as it were nobody still knows what's true and what's not and um, Carroll did come out um, at a fan event and did say, look, it wasn't just because he was performing, we, you know, the team was performing poorly. They felt that Daryl needed the break, but he wouldn't admit that himself. Um, and I think he just need. And I think ultimately it was the right decision. Um, and I think he just needed a bit of time away without having the pressure of when are you coming back when are you coming back um so yeah for me right decision but others will say it wasn't which mm. is football
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that makes complete sense um Andy Crosby coming in then like you say took over when Darryl took that um leave of absence a little bit towards the end of that promotion season um how did you feel about that are you were you happy with it are you still happy with it now
1: so <laughs> So when he took over the first time, it seemed like just the normal thing to do. Why upset the whole backroom team? Mm-hmm. If because there was there was a lot of talk um when Darrell was here that Andy Crosby was the main man behind the ta- black the the training, um the intensity and stuff like that. He was the main driver of that. Um and then there was a bit of a Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say sticky patch but we weren't we weren't playing brilliantly. We weren't playing like we played previously. We were if we were winning games we were beating teams at the bottom 1-0. Um and anything against anybody towards the top we were we were getting beat. And I think it getting a bit frustrated. We seemed stuck in a rigid formation. Mm. Um so when it came to the summer and appointing a manager I will openly admit I didn't want Andy Crosby. I wanted somebody who'd been been there in League One, um, had more games under his belt as a manager. And I am very happily eating humble pie. Currently.
0: So it <laughs> so, was that the general um, sense for that was it quite split. Was were people happy? I think there was
1: a few. Once he once he was appointed, who kind of said, right, that's it, they've made the decision, on we go. And I think that was probably 90% of Vale fans kind of are very much right. The decision has been made. We're not going to change it now, so we've got to get behind. Um, But I think in the run-up, I would say it was probably 70-30 more to people wanting somebody else. Just because of the way we finished last season. Because he had, I mean, he had four games at the end of last season, um, and we took three points off Bristol Rovers, but then we got beat by Plymouth, Charlton, and Ipswich. Which obviously the three defeats aren't any. There's no problem with them because of who we were playing and you know their stature in the division. Um, But I think it was a lot of people were looking at it, kind of saying, "How do you give?" an interim manager a job when he's won one out of four. Um, But we did and very, very well done to the people who did. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: we'll we'll come on to, to how he's doing in a minute. We can take a quick break and we'll be back with Tom in a minute. Welcome back to the preview show. We're still here with Tom Amos chatting all things Port Vale. Uh, let's come on to this season then, Tom. Obviously, we start with the transfer window. Who's stood out so far from Andy Crosby's first kind of real go at a transfer window?
1: Uh, uh, so, so, who we've signed properly to the club. So, a, a full signing would be uh, Alex Lacavetti. Uh, left-sided centre back, uh, came from Scotland, and has just fit right in straight away. Um, bit, bit of a proper League One centre half, I think would be the best way to describe him. He's good in the air, but he can, he, you know, he can play with the ball at his feet, and I think he complements Nathan Smith very well. Um, because I'm sure a lot of your fans are probably aware of what Nathan's like. He's horrible. He pinches. He yeah, but he's, he's just not particularly a footballer. Whereas <laughs> I think Alex kind of brings that side a bit more to it where we can play out a little bit more from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely him um, and Connor Ripley, the goalkeeper from Morecambe. Um, we had issues with goalkeepers for about five or six seasons now where we just couldn't seem to get one that could catch. Um, and <laughs> But kind of, he's so confident and I think that oozes the, the idea of oozing confidence around the place kind of um does it to the fans as well, as well as the players. Um but then my standout so far would be Oli Arblaster, who we've had on loan from Sheffield United. Yeah. Um I th- think he's comfortably probably picked up four or five man of the matches so far, along with Funzo Ojo. Um but he is for me comfortable will play for England.
0: Oh that, really? wow.
1: he's I mean he's just he was one of the ones who um has left us on international duty this week because he went with England under 20s. Mm-hmm. Um so we've got him and Alfie Divine from Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um so Alfie Divine actually went and trained with the senior squad this week with England.
0: Yeah I saw that
1: um but yeah, I think we haven't seen a great deal of Alpha yet because he signed late on in the window, so he's probably had three games. His last one, mm-hmm. Oxford, he um, he came on and changed the game completely. Um, so hopefully more to come from him. But our blaster, definitely uh, number eighteen, I think he is mm-hmm. centre midfielder, um, and he's just far too good for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's more more of an attacking midfielder, though, isn't it? I think.
1: Um, exactly. it, it, to, to be honest he can kind of do both um, yeah. depending on normally whether we're playing home or away we either if, we, if we're away we, we tend to sit him in alongside Funzo a little bit and play one in front or if we're at home we push him on a little bit more um, but we've, we've gone for a really different formation we're kind of playing like a 3-6-1 this season because we've overloaded with very good centre midfielders. Mm. Um, so it's just a case of fitting players in and we're kind of playing with two centre midfielders, then two attacking midfielders right in front of them. Um, so they, they kind of all kind of flip between the roles, um, but definitely he's, he's, uh, he's one to watch.
0: Mm. I've himself and Divine as well, so comfortable on the ball for for league where it's almost changing your style it's kind of an indication of the change of style almost that you've signing players like this because both of them have got such quality and such calm on the ball for people's for kids so young that like you sometimes see see youngsters come down to league one League two level you know they'll run about they'll put in a, a shift but on the ball they're sometimes a little bit lacking because they've not quite caught up with it yet but both of them still seem to have such a, a presence and a good amount of a, a quality touch about them don't they
1: I think the I think that's probably what's kind of stood out the most. Um yeah. because for both of them it's their first loans um mm. to men's to men's football. And obviously we knew more about Alfie Divine than we did about Oli Arb last day. Mm. um so it was kind of a pleasant surprise when, you know, he's coming short to the centre halves getting the ball off and switching it. And then next minute, he's popping up, playing off, off the number nine. And um, But the whole time, he came up, we played um, crew in the Carabao Cup. And it was, we, we started with a very young side. Um, and it was a bit bit of a bitty game. It was nil-nil. Um, but we brought him on with 20 minutes left. And you could just see the difference because he was, we were keeping the ball better. We penned them in then. And it was it was all pretty much his influence, yeah. um, and it's, it's 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 brilliant having them, but it's also a bit of a it's a bit of a nervousness for Vale fans at the minute because everyone's quite worried that they're going to get called back in January, mm-hmm. and are they get, with them both being at Premier League clubs? Are they going to get sent to the Championship, or are they going to fast track them? Whereas I'd, you know, I would much rather see them spend the whole season at the Vale and then Championship next season if they want.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had similar. I mean, this will probably ring more true for the likes of Alfie Devine because it's the same club. Tottenham loaned us Keon Atete a couple of years ago. He he started slowly, but he gradually got into it, and you could tell. You know, it was going to be something a little bit different and a little bit extra. Uh, by December time, by January, they called him back just to line him up to Cheltenham in, in League One, not the league above. So that that is always yeah. the danger, isn't it? And you, you almost wish that there was some sort of a agreement at the start of the season that they can't call him back in January because it, it disrupts you so much. You're like you're reliant on them and reliant on them, their quality, and they've got you to a certain point. It's almost a kind of the the payoff is hard because they've got you to that point, but it also shows their quality to their parent club as well.
1: Well, exactly. <laughs> and I think, obviously, the, the the downside would be having to go out and then try and find somebody who's equally as good for the second mm. half of the season. Um, I think there's probably more chance of All Blaster getting called back than there is Divine. Mm. Um, I would like to think, because especially how late the deal was done, that maybe... I'll Oli Arblaster could probably go back and be on the bench for Sheffield United. I don't think Devine would get near Spurs' side. Mm-hmm. So unless they are loaning him back out to the Championship. But I suppose it's it, it's a short career, but it's quite a long career with regards to development. I don't think it's necessarily needed to be fast-tracked in 12 months. And I am probably purely saying this because I don't want them to be called back. Yeah. <laughs> If it was a Vale player at non-league, I'd probably say Call him back and send him to League Two. But
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think there is a, there is a little bit of a difference, though, between coming from League Two to League One, like Atete did for us, and then going from League One to Championship. I, do. I mean, as good as they are, that you still get, I'd imagine, similar kind of idea of what they're all about in League One as you as you would do in the Championship, and they might not necessarily get as much time in the Championship. So, I mean, for you. Hopefully they stay for the season and develop. Divine especially will probably come on more than he has done already and, and start bedding himself in. I thought I thought that penalty he scored at Oxford. Firstly, to pick the ball up, nineteen years old to on loan, you you know you've got to have something about you to pick it up. And the last what ninety seventh minute, I think you just yeah. conceded an equaliser to show that much maturity to pick up the ball and smash it the way he does is, is it shows something completely different, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, every Vale fan kind of said uh, "balls of steel" for just. Yeah. Uh, it, it was because we kind of didn't know between ourselves because I think we've got kind of four lads who've taken penalties and none of them were on the pitch at the time. Yeah. Um. And he just and everyone just kind of saw him pick the ball up and and to be fair, I think everyone at the time was like, "All right, you know, he's yeah, he's probably the best striker of the ball on the pitch." Um, But obviously, going through your head, you've just signed, that was only his probably, I think that might have been his first league game. Um, So everyone was a bit like, oh, is it too much? (laughs) Yeah. But fair play to the kid because he just showed absolutely no nerves whatsoever. and He seemed to enjoy it, I'll put it that way. Um, (laughs) But a a friend of mine was in the crowd, well, was just a bit further along from us in the the stand, and she said she had his mum sitting behind her. Apparently, his mum was going completely ballistic (laughs) at the end. And I said, I can not imagine so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, To backtrack in a tiny bit, start talking about this season. Got to talk about the opening day, unfortunately. (laughs) You've probably spoken about it or had to answer questions about it. I'll have to answer questions about it for for months, probably, still, and it'll always come back no matter where you finish the season. 7-0 on the opening day doesn't tell the story at all. 14 shots for you to 12 for Barnsley, which is mad. Six corners to three, 50-50 possession. Like what happened (laughs) for it to be 7-0?
1: So, I mean, we had far more of the play first half. We looked dangerous. Um, And then defensive mistake, we were trying to pass out where we probably didn't need to. And it got intercepted. They broke and scored. Uh, and then the same lad who gave the ball away unfortunately then scored an own goal With literally probably the only two times in that first half that they'd gone into our box um, and at half time I remember speaking to loads of people at half time and I was saying we'll get back in this we sc- we score the next goal we're-, we're back in this we'll get a draw here, no problem because we we're all over them mm-hmm. and then yeah someone went and put our defence on roller skates and <laughs> um we just, I stood with my dad and um, I kind of said like, you know, we need to get the next goal here. And as I said it, they crossed the ball in bang 3 nil, And I was like, all oh, right, okay, that's game over. But, you know, we just need to keep it, you know, have another go. We get one back, you never know. Um, and then it just kept coming and coming. and We couldn't get out our own half. We'd kick off and kick the ball straight out for a throw-in. They'd come back up the other end and score. And we just looked like a, a team who were completely lost. Um, and I don't think there was any... I, I think there wasn't a Vale fan there then who would have said we'd win a game all season because we just looked that poor. We couldn't yeah. couldn't control it. We didn't look like we knew each other. Um, Andy Crosby didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Um, there was a bit of frustration towards Crosby after that game. Um, mm. Because we'd spoke all summer about uh, last season we had a lack of height in defence. All our defenders were five foot ten to six foot. that was it. Mm. And we all summer we were hearing, we're signing these players, we signed Jacovetti, we've signed uh, Kofi Barmer from Crystal Palace, uh, big lads who like winning headers. And then um, we started with none of them on the opening day of the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think out of the seven goals, I think five came from crosses um so there was frustration there um and it was just it was my most embarrassing day as a Vale fan without a shadow of a doubt score-wise you know there's yeah there's been other times when i've been embarrassed to be a Vale fan but um but yeah score-wise that was it was a hard one to take
0: yeah how many times have you heard the word norwich and colchester in the last couple of weeks as well not not that much. You wouldn't believe. I'll be honest. A part of me wants us to bloody lose a game because every <laughs>
1: every game we win it every game we win at the minute it's Port Vale lost seven 0 on the opening day and they're currently on an eight game unbeaten run and it's like, it just yeah. keeps edging up, edging up every week. Um, so you know, I, I don't want us to lose a game, but I do want us just to stop the stop my Twitter just being filled with it. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not just other fans it's betting companies and all all the football twitters and everything um so it's just killing me a little bit
0: <laughs> well we'll happily happily take three points if you want on saturday if it would help I'm, I'm, sure I'm sure you sure. would
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: um but going back a little bit Again, after Port Vale, you look at the fixture list. You you see Port, you see Barnsley away, Reading at home, Blackpool away, Charlton away in the first four games. You come out of that Barnsley game having lost seven nil. What are you thinking? Like, you must have been thinking, looking at the fixtures, what is going to happen in the next couple of weeks?
1: Uh, automatically, and this is no disrespect whatsoever, because I have seen what teams who like to disrespect teams happens. Is I looked straight to the Carlisle game and said that is where our first three points is probably going to come. At, mm. at a push. Um I genuinely didn't see what happened after. Certainly. You know, the the Blackpool game was we were dogged. We really dug in. Um and I did kind of after that game I did feel like is that our best? Is that our best defensively? Mm. You know we had a we had a couple of Attacks where maybe we fluffed our lines a little bit, but there was there was a showing there that we we could we could get in behind teams. Um, the the Charlton game and oh the the Reading game obviously sorry was first of all um, that probably helped us out more the fact that they had Andy Carroll playing on the day <laughs> um, because it just seemed to. Because the battle between him and Nathan Smith was so old school, they were both pulling each other's shirts, they were both elbowing yeah. each other, pinching each other, and it seemed to get the crowd up. And the fact that Smithy then got the better of him, and he was ranting and raving, his arms were going up in the air. And to be fair, I think he actually quit reading after that game. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, it was it really got the crowd going. And then, the, I mean, the goal was there was a little bit of fortune about the goal. Uh, ben Garrity might say otherwise. It wasn't a lob. He definitely missed kicked it and it just looped over the goalkeeper. But um, but that kind of set the ball rolling. Um, but then also the Charlton game, um, we looked first off like we'd kind of gone back. It was very similar to the Barnsley game at the start. We couldn't just break teams down. Um, they had a penalty that probably wasn't a penalty. Um but then the second half in the game, we were just immense and we seem to be carrying that on now where it seemed to click in that second half. Mm. Um, and It was almost as if we said, we don't care if we lose the ball, we're going to carry on just trying to play, just trying to play. And things came off for us and things are coming off for us at the minute. There is going to be times, obviously, when things don't come off. Um, but I-, I am so, so happy with the response to the Barnes again.
0: Yeah, it's been fantastic to have beat Reading 1-0, drew 0-0 at Blackpool, good result. To beat Charton at the Valley 3-2 on any day of the week is a, a fantastic result. Come back to beat Carlisle 1-0, beat Oxford 2-1, like la- 99th minute penalty like we talked about before with, with Divine scoring there. Uh, what I mean, it's, has there been dramatic changes defensively since the opening day? What, what um, is it about it that's, that's changed so dramatically?
1: I'd see, I wouldn't know that there was... Uh, Vetti's come in. He's probably been the biggest um, change in it all. Uh, he's he's a leader, and you can tell that. And maybe that's what Nathan Smith needed alongside him, I think, before mm. the, the three who started at Barnsley are all... I think Smithy's 26, Jones 25, Cass 22. So relatively young for centre-halves. Uh, and i don't think Nathan Smith is particularly a fan of being the only experienced one mm. um so Jacobbittty coming alongside him and, and to be fair to him, Lewis Cass has played the majority of the other games and he's either brilliant or he's rubbish <laughs> he's, he's He's never a six out of ten he's either a seven and eight out of ten or a two out of ten there's no there's no in between with louis Cass um Uh, Kofi Barmer, who we've had on loan from Crystal Palace, he played 45 minutes in the Cup the last Tuesday against Crewe. Um, So hopefully he's on his way back now because he's been injured since pre-season and he looks a real class act. Um, So hopefully maybe we can get him alongside Smith and Iacovetti. There's no disrespect to Lewis Cass because he's been pretty decent for probably five out of this, seven-odd games. Um, but that would just solidify us that little bit more. Um, but I also think the relationship with Conor Ripley behind, you know, these things take time mm-hmm. with relationships with players, and I think that they've definitely started to get a relationship between the, the four, you know, two wing-backs as well. So it's 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 looking stronger with every game currently. We'll probably go and concede four on Saturday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so at the other end, you've not scored in the first half in the league so far, only let in three as well. Um have we not? What's that no, from what I could tell you scored didn't in, know in the. That. <laughs> I think you scored a couple I think you scored a couple in the cup in the first half. You're not yeah, against scored Fleetwood. at any yeah. obviously it's a really small kind of base to base it on so far, but um, assuming there's nothing in that, there's nothing kind of Going on there tactically, um,
1: I don't. I mean, we do have it. We do have a trend of kind of seeing how teams. We do tend to let teams have a lot of the ball first ten minutes. Um, whether whether we are very rigid first half, and then maybe second half we kind of let let the reins off a little bit, um, particularly with having. Potentially three attacking midfielders on the pitch and a striker do we do we kind of change our shape a little bit we have got good legs to come off the bench as well uh, young Josh Thomas who's the other international Wales under 21 he's got unbelievable pace um, so often if he doesn't start when he comes off the bench that tends to stretch a lot of teams second off Um. But I also think, especially at home, we tend to let teams kind of go and just see how they cope with the pitch size because it's a huge pitch.
0: Mm.
1: Um, So often teams go half a leather first half and then come 65, 70 minutes, they're flagging
0: a little bit. That that might well be us on Saturday. We do that quite a bit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's when we tend to take advantage of it the most, I'll be honest. Mm. and Whether that's a tactic or whether... You know that' brilliant if that's what we're doing. Then, um, but yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't realise we hadn't scored in the first half. And now thinking back, yeah,
0: now. Yeah, again, as yeah. soon as I've said that, now three 0 I'll
1: bank on it. I'll be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, how would you set up a team to beat Port Vale if you are in the Cobblers dressing room at, on Saturday? What What would we need to do to go and go and beat you?
1: I'm 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 a little bit worried about Tyree Simpson because he okay. tends to play quite well against us and also i had a bet when he signed for you that he wouldn't score seven goals this season <laughs> um so and i don't think he hasn't scored in the league yet has he
0: no just uh, he scored just in the in the, Johnson, in the, the, the trophy thing pop, yeah. yeah yeah um
1: so yeah
0: it, i mean I that mean, could I'm be honest, a real I, that could be a proper battle couldn't it, him and smith on, yeah yeah Saturday i mean i expect it
1: to be um it's <laughs> I—I'll I, be honest. I don't know. I, I think, be honest, target Louis Cass. If I'm, if, without sounding horrible, mm. um, he's our weakest defender. Um, but we have got quite a bit of pace that can recover. Um, and just, <sighs> I'm trying to think what Barnsley did to. <laughs> completely batter us without without considering the fact that we parted like the Red Sea.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: I, f- I think at the minute the only way I could see is getting beat is if we got outbattled and mm. and the home crowd turned a little bit.
0: Um, I assume that's quite unlikely anyway. Even if you are two or three down, based on I the don't last know, few
1: games, because we, we're a bit. We get a bit stupid sometimes where we're all well and good playing the underdog when we're going to places like Charlton and playing teams like Reading. But then when it comes to teams who are similar level to us, we automatically assume we must win. We have to win. Why can we not win? So then if we don't win, it's a, oh, this is crap um, kind of scenario.
0: Would there be a similar kind of outlook between us and Carl Arden a couple of weeks ago? How were the fans doing that game? Was that an expected yeah, win uh, in a similar kind of sense, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it probably is. Um and I would probably say that on the other hand, if we were playing at your place, your fans would probably look at us as maybe a, a game you could be picking three points from. Um, it's I would say there was there's more there will be more leniency with Saturday's game than there was with the Carlisle game. I think the Carlisle game, people saw that as we have to win this. Mm-hmm. Whereas again, I don't think I haven't seen many people who've, you know, people who've put their league tables up on Twitter and that. I haven't seen many Vale fans who've put Northampton anywhere kind of near the bottom. I think they most people kind of see you as similar between 10th and 15th with us. Um, so I think there will be a little bit more leniency, but you've always got them people who see we're on an eight game unbeaten run.
0: Yeah,
1: we've got to keep going. We've got to be beating teams like Northampton. Which yeah,
0: yeah. Is, and whenever whenever you play a promoted teams, some people just can't get that out of their head either, can they? So no, it's, they can't. It's always, they
1: can't. And happens. they they forget that we were that promoted team two seasons ago.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> last season. Sorry, last season. Um, but they still say it then you know there's teams who've been in. We were going to Burton last season, who've been in League One for God knows how many years. And people are saying we've got to be beating these. Mm. Like, why? Yep. <laughs> what yeah. God given right have we got to beat these? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and you have got Burton no, on Tuesday night, right? You got the rearranged game. Yes, so that, but, that, that's straight away. You look at it now on the back of what your run that you've been on to have us, and then Burton. I mean, surely you're thinking, and then you Cambridge, can get, and then Cambridge. Yeah, you go to Cambridge, and and what could be a top of the table clash?
1: Mm, yeah. So it's. I mean, that that is weird saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to Cambridge potentially in the top of the table clash and then we've got Bolton the week after so we've potentially got two big games there um, so it's completely typical Vale fashion that we will lose Saturday and we will lose Tuesday um, <laughs> and we'll just make life hard for ourselves um, but I'm I would I would take four points from the two games I think if you keep um maintaining four points from every two home games, that's a pretty good pretty good turn. Obviously there's gonna be some games where you take six, there's gonna be some games where you take one, two, if maybe even none. Um I I'll be honest, I'd probably see more so a draw on Saturday and us to hopefully beat Burton next week.
0: Mm-hmm. Because they team. like to
1: make something out of it that it's not. They <laughs> like to make it out it's a derby and it's not.
0: I do <laughs> I've never heard that before.
1: That's... Oh yeah, they they uh, they call it the Staffordshire Derby and they'll <laughs> just call it Vale versus
0: Burton. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Even better to beat them, I guess. Um before we come on to score predictions then, where should Cobblers fans be eating, drinking before the game on Saturday?
1: Uh I'm pretty sure there there isn't I mean most of the pubs in the town centre are home fans only. Yeah. But if you're not in colours You should be all right. Um, There is now for every home game uh, a fan zone behind what used to be the away end. So obviously this is new for Northampton fans. You'll Mm. be in the opposite end of the ground now okay? um, because we switched that this season. So what used to be the away stand, that will have a fan zone outside. I'm pretty sure there's going to be no issues with uh, Northampton fans coming into that. Um, there's the pub on the ground, the Tommy Shields pub, both uh, that has Sky Sports and BT, um, so there'd be football on in there. Um, there's, there's the fan zone, obviously has uh, an array of burger vans and different other foods, um, and it's an all-round good atmosphere. There's bits going on for kids and stuff like that as well. Um, so personally, I would probably recommend the ground, mm-hmm. um, but if there is uh, the ball's heading. In Burslem itself, which is a real ale Titanic pub. Um, if that tickles anybody's fancy, the,
0: the bull's head in Burslem just sounds like a trap. I don't, yeah,
1: no, <laughs> I've I, promise be it's yeah. I promise it's not. I <laughs> promised it's not. A, it's a beautiful pub, it's a beautiful yeah. pub, and it's on the square nice. opposite Coral.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Um, definitely get down there early if you can, and get soak up the atmosphere of Vale Park. Um, predictions and um, score predictions you mentioned touching it earlier um, what are we going for for this one
1: uh, heart says 2-1 veil head says 1-1 one, one.
0: Mm-hmm. which one are you going with
1: um, I'm going to go with 1-1 one, Yeah, one.
0: Uh, I think I was going to go for the draw I think we'll be really reasonably happy with the draw I was going to say 1-1 one, one. I'll go 2-2 two, two. I think maybe if you give us the ball first 10-15 minutes we might nick one Nick another, and then you'll come on strong because we do tend to get quite tired by 75, 80 minutes. <laughs> so you might come back and. I mean, it, it hopefully will improve as the season goes on. But yeah, first few games, we do tend to come out the blocks quite quickly. So if you do give us the ball um, early on, hopefully we make the most of it. But if we don't take our chances, we sometimes do struggle. Um, but I'm going to go 2 2. I think more goals than this because we win quite a lot of goals, goals yeah. over the season, over the years. Um, Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Anything you want to plug before mm-hmm. you go?
1: Uh, no, no. The, the podcast, the veil vale Pod on Twitter. Um, give us a follow. We're very friendly, um, and we love. We do like to interact with opposition fans as well. So, if uh, after the game, if anybody fancies a natty, give us a tweet.
0: Good stuff. Thank you, Tom. All, all the best for the rest of the season as well. We'll hopefully speak to you later on in the season. Thank you so much everyone for listening enjoy the game saturday if you're going patreons your from the vaults blog is out now and for everyone your match preview is also on me.com right now Tuesday, so do go and check that out to look ahead to the weekend we'll be back on tuesday with all our reactions to the weekend action we'll see you then Podcast Network.
1: 18 plus.